Welcome to a special encore presentation of Compassion Radio. Christianity is an action. If it's just on words alone, it is not Christianity, it is faith. Even James talks about this. You cannot tell somebody, I have faith that you will be warm. Go ahead and get warm. No, no, no. You give them your blankets. You give them shoes to walk in. You try to comfort them and show them that the body of Christ is still alive. When you put yourself on the front lines, you should expect to see a battle. And that's exactly what Oksana Gorbanova and Tim Callanan did when they volunteered to be Spies for Hope, bringing aid to those caught in the crossfire of Ukraine's war for survival. They've each seen the ways humanity is brutally assaulted, and they've seen miracles in the midst of horrible circumstances. They've earned the right to tell us how it really is in today's bloodiest and costliest war. Because they're kingdom servants above all, they've also earned the right to explain how God is at work right now in the hardest places on earth. I'm glad to have them back for one more episode. In six months, they've seen horrors that no one should ever have to witness and been salt and light in impossible situations. If you didn't hear the first part of that conversation, make a point to listen to the podcast on our website, CompassionRadio.com. We're going to jump back in today into this powerful discussion with a recap from the second episode of this series. You cannot live by bread alone but by the words that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. The things you're talking about are essential human needs, and you're yeah. being those. So you are being the answer to other people's prayers by showing up and seeing God answer through you. So I'd ask that both of you then, how has God answered those kind of prayers? God, give us today our daily bread. How has he answered it in your lives? Um, for me, I've talked about this the last four months. I'm actually like, I see the miracles actually in my staff. I mean, right from beginning, I started to run from Kiev. Every person I met on my way. When I came to the Warsaw, we used to live in an apartment where I was 26 people and 12 of them are kids. Wow. I was trying to work. I'm still working. And it was so hard because I was traveling to Ukraine and back. And then you sleep four hours. And then you're trying to sit and concentrate on your right. work because you have a team behind your shoulders that you need to take care of. And then one of the volunteers here that I met, I asked him to help with an apartment, and there is, was a different situation here right now because so many Ukrainians moved to Poland. And we actually, by God's mercy, find a good apartment that mm. moved with my kids. I have friends. I mean, some people are coming all the time like right. from different places, and we, we're ready to host anyone. But like every single step, even having a job, still having a job with many people are lost their jobs. I mean, it's a blessing for me. Yes, I'm working during the nights, but I have work. I mean, I have <laughs> jobs. And like everything, even with like having a car and helping with everything I did, right. I would not if I would not have a car. Okay. So what you're describing for you, Daily Bread, at this point is meant you have hands and feet that still work. You have a place to crash. You have some people around you to help take care of the kids when you have to make the runs for relief. Hey, buddy. Hi. Good to see you. And what are the ages of your boys, by the way? Uh, age seven. And your other? Sixteen. Sixteen. Great ages. I've got a 13 going on 14-year-old right now and a whole bunch of other older children. So 
I understand the <laughs> dynamics of jumping large ranges of ages. And you obviously have people helping you with them because they can't go with you on every one of these runs. That is an answer to prayer to take care of your kids, too, along the way. Let me add something. <laughs> okay. I just got the answer to that question. Go for it. Like the answer of my prayer every day, every day bread that God gives to me, it's like everyday life with all the system, all the details and all the parts that coming together. And it can be different from day to day, but we got everything to live. We have enough to share. We have enough to give others and we have what to do to others. So that's probably my answer. Okay. <laughs> you see yourself as part of a bigger body, which I think is something that Jesus was trying to work us toward anyway. Every time God answers your prayer, you see it as an answer when it doesn't just give you what you need, but it overflows to others. Okay, Tim, how has God been answering that kind of prayer for Daily Bread for you? Uh, for me, I'm going to expand a little bit on the fact of what I said earlier. We used to plan for months ahead of time. Right. And now being in this situation where my first night in Kharkiv, we got bombed, you know, and then that changed my whole perspective saying, what if that bomb reaches us and I don't live tomorrow? Right. You know, or what if I do live tomorrow? What will I be able to do to help other people? Anything that I can do to make sure that if it's to give out humanitarian food, then that's what I'm going to do. If it is to pray for somebody, then that's what I'm going to do. If it is to help take somebody out or or just to, like Aksana said, to just hug somebody because sometimes words don't go a long way. They just need to feel that they're not alone in this situation because I've had the same thing too. I tried giving people food and they're like, this is good and everything, but we just need to feel that someone out there actually cares for Ukraine, for the people that are here still suffering. But they're not forgotten. Yeah, more of my answered prayer to what it means on this daily bread is exactly what Oksana said, that that specific day, all the necessities that God gives us to help other people, Hmm. not only helps them, but it helps me as well. It helps me to have a more open heart towards people that are suffering. It helps me to have my eyes more open to people that are crying out for God. And I'm like, God sent me here. You know, they're crying out for God and I'm here. I don't know if I told you in the very beginning, but I came to this completely blind. I had no family, no relatives. I knew three people by name and I've never met them before Hmm. when I went into this situation. So I went into the front lines the very front lines where the bombings are happening without knowing anybody. And I said, God, use me however you need to. And that's why I helped grow with my faith on a day-to-day necessity, not knowing if I will even have tomorrow. Saying, God, if you give me life for this day, you will also give me the necessities, the daily bread, quote-unquote, to help other people and to help feed myself so that your church, your bride, your body can grow exactly how you said, exactly how it's supposed to. Okay, so the kind of life you're describing is to find the wealth, the... uh the riches of God in the moment and discovering what is really important in those times. Absolutely. And not worrying about the other things. When you come into a situation where maybe you've been around the church, around people of faith before, and it's kind of been part of your culture, or whether you've been very committed to a very fundamentalist kind of faith and you're very active in it. When you come into the kind of crises where God sends to really show up, like you've been seeing him show up and provide divine appointments after all, and be there to comfort those who really are suffering. All those people that I've seen do the kind of work you do 
have very little energy left to focus on what made them different from other Christians, and they're suddenly taking the Word of God very seriously. Not that they understand every nuance or have agree on every question about an interpretation of it, but yet you see it alive in people, yet exactly. you know it's serious, and you know it's real, and you know that God really exists, because... You were there to see it. Yes, sir. Obviously, the testimony the two of you will have coming out of this war will be one of God's story being written on and through you. Absolutely. I'm grateful for that. And I pray for the day when people like you will survive all of this and take the time to inhabit our pulpits and say, this is what God did. Don't forget this. That'll be important. If I could turn the table one more time and give you another opportunity to answer a question, I think is really going to be important for us in the West. What do we really need to know about the church and the body and the culture and the people of Ukraine? I want to have people praying for it effectively, of course. And Tim, because of your background and the way you came to ministry and the way you came back to Ukraine, it's a long road, but you also have a deep love for and I think a mourning for the people's that you do know that are on the other side of this conflict. Yes, sir. So I would feel the same way if someone said, my country's involved in a war that seems to be unjust and people are suffering. I want to pray for the suffering over there, but I don't want to pray against my own people. That's the the kind of the the struggle that many Americans might even feel about global conflicts. So I'm with you there. I don't want to forget the people that are being tormented by the same war because they're on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. It's safe to say, I think, that the people of Russia right now are being deeply wounded morally and spiritually by what's going on in this war. And I don't want to forget them for that, but I don't want to excuse aggression at all. Absolutely. The country that you've been serving in has been absolutely... Hmm. You're right, Oksana, it's evil against humanity. But I don't want to be proclaiming or demanding that God do evil to the evildoers either. But I don't yeah. want to, in the least, excuse what's going on. At all. We have to acknowledge that evil is happening and to speak to it and call it for what it is and also love who God puts in front of us. So, the two of you, can you give me a message? What do we need to know about you and the work, the body of Christ, the people of Ukraine that will help us and inform our prayers going forward and our choices to get involved? You can run with that any direction you want to go. If we talk about church right now, as I said before, Christianity for me, it's always an action. Mm -hmm. And I really happy that most churches in Ukraine, and actually I I can say all churches in Ukraine have stood up Mm. and they're right there, they're not hiding anywhere is it not just saying somewhere in a comfortable place and just teaching everyone how to forgive or teaching everyone how to live or how to feed or how to help or whatever so i'm happy that people i know the churches i know and i deal with they really active right now in that needs i mean they do they feed they help they do everything needed so the prayer need, you know, the normal way with all the humans, and you can feel already that tiredness, like physical tiredness and emotional yeah. and actually spiritual. When you lose the dear ones, and I can say by those families, my friends that lost two husbands in one family, the first couple of weeks, you cannot teach a person who just buried the husband or son or kids just write the spiritual words mm. and say how to give there are no words and how to act if you did not come and hug or help yeah. or show that love on a you know in the practical way so i think the best probably on my opinion prayer for the christians in ukraine it's to keep going to support each other and to have that enough power inside go to the end mm. i mean whatever that end might be not lose the face, not be under the fear. 
actually looking into eyes of my people. I say Ukrainians. Right. You probably saw the same. In their eyes, you don't see any fear. It even gives you that courage to do what you do. And even like volunteers, I can say between us, when volunteers are getting tired as well, we're getting yeah. disappointed. Exhaustion has got to be right there. And you have your own personal needs and you have emotional things. But when you're tired, someone else next to you saying, you know what, we did this. Or when you got to the military, when I said, when you look at their eyes and you know that they face much more than you do and they face every day, and they know what they fight for, and then you're ready to do more. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Friends, we're focused right now on the current crisis in and around Ukraine. I personally met with dozens of refugees and kingdom workers who ran to the front lines of need and have selflessly given of themselves completely, thoroughly, and as I saw to the point of indescribable exhaustion. I saw refugee and servant alike shiver in a vicious blizzard that struck the first week of March. They were very much alike in one important way. They were absolutely determined to survive this ordeal and to redeem what their lives have become. We need to follow their example. Will you help us today? We have blankets and food to buy, tanks to fill with gas, and medicine to help them survive the days ahead. This need is not going away anytime soon, even as this rescue operation rapidly sweeps the refugees farther west, away from the fighting. Friends, really, we need you now to step up. Please, give generously, even sacrificially, right away. I know that God will be pleased if we do. So call us today at one 800 868 2478. Mail us at P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Text the word COMPASSION to 53445 or give online at CompassionRadio.com. Bless you, friends, for your brave and activist faith. And now, back to our discussion. They face much more than you do, and they face every day, and they know what they fight for. And then you're ready to do more. Mm. So when you see one little life changed, I mean, any little changes that you can bring into someone's life, that's what gives you courage to do more. Okay. I know we can't literally look in the eyes of every Ukrainian and visit with them if we don't go there. But I do think there's something to be said for asking God to help us to see them in their eyes, their soul, the way he does, so that when we pray for them, we know it's coming from the heart of God, too. I do want to see them that way. And pray for authorities. You can affect the decisions. Who really can affect the situation. Okay. Praying for the powers and the principalities. And not just the idea of spiritual demons and angels fighting, but that people that have been given or have assumed responsibility for nations, that they would actually respond to the heart of God. Okay. I gotcha. And I would say I second that emotion. Get our people praying Mm -hmm. for those things. Tim, you're coming back. You're going to be in the West pretty soon here. Yes. What would you say we need to understand? Because you've been like us, raised in America mostly, and then going back to this war zone. What do we need to know now? Um, Like you said, yeah, you know, you're trying to see it from their perspective, but not having been there, it's a little bit difficult. And I think this is where my testimony in general will be powerful because I can be a first account person that can help them understand the things that are actually going on. 
A firsthand eyewitness. Exactly. A firsthand eyewitness. That's not just something on the news that they read that everybody is looking at, but it's somebody that the churches will know, that uh, my state of Washington will know, and God willing, it will expose other states as well, that this is what actually is happening. And it's funny that you bring up this question because we had the two pastors from Sweden show up on my first Sunday there and they brought up the same thing. They said, we've never been here. How do we pray for a country that we do not know? Mm. Like we can pray the basic necessities, right. but how do we pray for something that we don't know of what's going on? And so they started fasting. They started praying so that they're able to see not just as a generality of people that are in suffering, but through the individuals of those people that are suffering, we as a body of Christ can feel it too. Because scripture says, if one part of your body suffers, the whole body yeah. suffers. How do you suffer if you do not understand what is going on over there? So that's what I feel like would be the biggest prayer is to pray to God so that he opens up our eyes our ears and our hearts to those people that are suffering. And I'm not talking about just the Ukrainians. I'm talking about the Russians as well. Mm. I don't believe that every single one of them is evil, that Russia is Correct. suffering because of all of this too. Just the war in general, to help us see from their perspective and to help out as much as we can after God opens up that to us. If God puts it on your heart to go like he did to me, then go. If God is putting on your heart to help financially, then do something. Like Aksana said, Christianity is an action. If it's just on words alone, it is not Christianity. It is fake. You need to put in action. If it's to pray for somebody, if it's to give anything, even James talks about this. You cannot tell somebody, I have faith that you will be warm. Go ahead and get warm. No, no, no. You give them your blanket. You give them shoes to walk in. You try to comfort them and show them that the body of Christ is still alive. Yeah. But you cannot do that unless you can experience it through their eyes of what they're going through. And that's what I believe that I was sent for, that I'm able to be that firsthand witness so that they can see more clearly what is going on over there. And that's more the prayer that we need so that we can understand, so that we're able to pray more effectively, not just in the generality of words. And praying in the first person, you know. We've heard enough to know we have something to actually just say to God, and God's put it on our hearts to pray back to Him. Okay, I'll jump out of the spiritual bubble we're in, because I don't want to sound like we're just being churchy about all of this, because your faith is very, very practical. In closing, I would just like to ask both of you, Tim, as somebody who had love bring him to Ukraine, and that's why you've shut up the first place, you've only had a short experience with the country. And of course, Oksana is dyed in the wool, as we say in the West, a true Ukrainian in every sense of the word, passionate and defiant and believes that good things are coming in spite of aggressions. Okay. You have different levels of experience in the country, but tell me, what do you love most about Ukraine? I love the people. I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason is because, like I said, I knew nobody when I was going. I was going to a completely foreign country, not understanding the language, not knowing anybody there. And the way they took me in, Hmm. the hospitality that they've shown me, not looking at the fact that they're in the middle of a war. They gave me food. They gave me shelter. They gave me things that they were lacking to make sure that I had a good experience, which is why I want to help out even more because of how the love, hospitality, and just everything that they showed me personally 
is what I absolutely loved about Ukraine. It's my experience too. I had landed there in between the conflicts where things were at a kind of a quiet moment, but they all feared what was coming. Not fears and sense of panicking, but just sense that the gravitas yeah. was going to keep getting more intense. But they, yeah. the thing I experienced too was that they were just so honest with me. They didn't hide anything or try to be showy. I experienced the kind of hospitality which I felt was more real than I experienced in many places yes. in my own country because they weren't hiding from me or trying to make everything look great. They just loved their country and they were so willing to love me and tell me their stories. That meant the world to me. Okay, Oksana, you are Ukrainian. You you represent oh, Ukraine. The same thing, the same thing, the people, okay. the people and people and people, people. I mean, what I said, I'm so encouraged. I really love my people that even having nothing, they find something to share. Yeah. Even like in hard circumstances, they, they will find a place for someone. They will find way to love. They will find way to show the care. And now it's even more during the war. I mean, you can see people, there is like so many in so big need. And they can help others. I mean, they find the ability to find others. So that's why probably, yeah, the people... I'm like really with tears on eyes when you come to the soldiers who have nothing. They sleep in the ground, but they take care of cats and dogs they find in mm. bombed villages. Yeah. I mean, they care about trees and flowers and not like destroying everything. And this is like give you hopes. This is the humanity. This yeah. is the good thing that need to win. So yeah, people... People. The depth of humanity I experienced on my first visit to Ukraine, just hearing the stories of how the soldiers themselves in the first big conflict, the Donbass, were taking in the orphans of the enemy's soldiers, yep. that they were actually housing and feeding them out of their own rations and kept running out of food and asking for more because the people on the home front did not know that the soldiers themselves were being yeah. that generous with the children of an enemy force. I knew at that moment there was something going on here that went to a deeper level. That there was a love for their country that meant love for their people, even if they were in conflict. I do pray that, that spirit never dies, no matter how bad it gets on the front lines, that the people you have, that God allows you to keep over the years to come, will find a way to stay tender to the things that I know God cares about. And that this nation will build into its soul for the next generation a sense of purpose, but a sense of community that only can happen at the spiritual level. That's what I'm praying for. Amen. Any last words from the two of you? Because you've been so gracious about following my leads on this thing, but you may have something that you wanted to say all along that I have not asked. So go ahead and give us a closing statement, if you would. I'll leave this for Oksana. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. So many things in my head, but yeah, I agree with you that I really like others. And I have many good friends in America. Good. I have those. They did many projects together and we're taking care of orphans in Ukraine. I have many families who adopt Ukrainian kids. And I, I've been to America. I talk to churches. I always thank church for the taking care of our kids. And yeah, sometimes we can do everything together, but we will really appreciate like your prayers and actually your hearts. I mean, so many friends are writing me. As I said, sometimes for someone, it's a hug, someone just a good word to hear that you are not alone and there is like someone is praying for you. It's a lot. And I have many stories of soldiers who got to the war and been saved mm -hmm. because of someone's prayer. Yeah. Or, you know, or like because some different circumstances that happened or even like this week, one group of the volunteers that I know, 
they were going to evacuate people from the Mariupol region. But they were stopped because one of the pastors being wounded, like shot into mm-hmm. his... So they stopped to help him. And because they stopped to help him, they were saved from the bomb in front of the car. Mm. So there is like lots of stories like this. So you never know, but someone's prayer, it's a lot. Okay. Especially for us right now. Our prayers begin now, and hopefully they won't stop. The listeners that are with us on the radio and hearing over the internet for the podcast, I just I urge you whenever you're hearing this message and this conversation that Oksana and Tim have given us such gracious access to their hearts and minds that you would jump in and join this fight with us on the spiritual level and find a way to help support materially the work that they do. And we have projects that we're doing together with them and other partners that you are familiar with and friends that you work with that we've been giving to over those months since the war began. I thank you so much for being willing to tell your stories to us. I really do hope it's not our last conversation. Tim, I'd love to track you down in Washington when you get back here. And Oksana, I know you'll, you'll be on the road, I'm, I'm certain, Oksana, back and forth many times. And if you can give us any more time to give us updates. I will be back to Kiev this month so we can do the interview right from the Kiev. That would be wonderful. I do appreciate your willingness to come back with us. I know I've probably exhausted both of you from this one hour of conversation, but I really <laughs> am very grateful for it. So I'll say adieu right now to Oksana Gorbanova and Tim Kalanen from Washington State on the front line now, an honorary and forever Ukrainian. And I pray that the courtship with your fiancé is one that God's in and that he will flourish that relationship too. Thank you. Thank you both for being with us on Compassion Radio. God bless. Yeah, God bless. Thanks for tuning our way today. My deepest thanks to Oksana Gorbanova and Tim Kellinen for bringing us to the very front lines of faith in these programs. Remember, if you missed any of the earlier discussion, the podcasts are available 24-7 at our website, CompassionRadio.com. And thanks for standing with us as we support their work through this ministry. Call us at 1-800-868-2478. Write us at Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Text the word COMPASSION to 53445 or make your gift through our website, CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.